You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everybody, welcome back into another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. And welcome to the offseason, officially turning the page after that football game or whatever you want to call it on Sunday. But it is Brian Hines, it is Alex Barth here. With a lot to talk about for the New England Patriots right now as we are still on Bill Belichick watch at 6 o'clock here on Tuesday. We are still waiting for any sort of word from Bill or Robert Kraft about the head coach's future. He met with the media yesterday, Monday morning, as he does every year at the end of the year, and immediately brought up that he was under contract. He said he's under contract. He's going to keep coming in trying to help the team while he's under contract, which... For anyone in this area who has listened to or followed Bill Belichick for the last 20 years, you know that is rare for him to bring up his contract right there. So we can talk about some of the other comments he had, and we'll get into all this other coaching news, but he immediately kind of put his foot down and, and put the ball in Robert Kraft's court yesterday by, by saying that. And if you were expecting Bill to either just say, you know, I'm good to move on or I'm going to sit here and let you facilitate a trade – doesn't look like that's going to happen. Looks like he wants to be here, and now it's Robert Kraft's kind of move here. Yeah, I it, it one of two things. Bill Bell, one of two things was communicated from that that press conference, and it depends how you look at it. It's glass half full, glass half empty. Bill Belichick sounded like somebody who plans on coming back. So the question is, is that because he plans on coming back, or because he wants everybody to believe that he plans on coming back? Because either. <laughs> Like, hey, he's back, he's here, he's working great. Or he, because we know how Bill is with the messaging and the, and the public perception, all that. If the Patriots and Bill Belichick end up mutually parting ways, if that's what it officially goes down as in the books, you can't look at that press conference. Right. What Bill Belichick basically said is, if I'm not here, it's because they chose not to bring me back. He said, you know, what's best for the organization, what ownership, you know, collaborative effort, what they want to do. It's like that thing, you know, um, you see in like mob movies, right? Where it's like, oh, if I'm not, if I go missing, you know who did it, right? That's yep. what Bill Belichick, I think, was kind of relaying. Not that that means he doesn't want to be back, but right. 
I, I, I want to, I want to, he kept saying we, right? We this, we that. He's talking about the organization. He never talks about the organization. He talks about the football team, but he never talks about the organization. And suddenly he sounds like a Patriots fan. When's the last time Bill Belichick truly sounded like a Patriots fan? He wanted it known that if it's up to him, he's staying. Now, that doesn't ultimately mean he's staying. That doesn't even mean necessarily he wants to stay. But he wants that image out there. Yep. And the big, the we, speaking of the we, the big part of we, he said, you know, someone asked him if he'd be willing to relinquish his duties in the personnel department, which has been a big kind of discussion here. Could you keep him as the head coach and bring in a GM, whether it's someone who he's got ties to, like Dave Ziegler, John Robinson, or would he welcome someone completely new? I know we've talked about that a lot, and someone asked him about that, and he said, I'm for whatever collectively we decide as an organization is the best thing to help our football team. And I know a lot of people saw that quote and listened to it and said, oh, he's ready to give up these duties and just coach the team. But I think, you know, the key word was, you know, or words was like collectively still we have to decide. So he's still going to be involved in that. And then the next part, you know, the next sentence, he said, you know, if someone's got to have final say, you know, I still have final say as of now. So where so, are you hang on. That with I, these, like the, that whole quote about the whole GM duties? Because it still seemed like, you know, he said we could talk about it, but it still has to run by him and, and he might still have final say here. Yeah, I want to dig a little deeper into that because that was, to me, I think a slip up on his part. I don't think he meant to say what he said there. Uh, so again, you know, he's asked if he'd relinquish personnel duties. Um, for whatever collectively we decide to do as an organization is the best thing. I have multiple roles in that, and I rely on a lot of people to help me in those responsibilities. If somebody's got to have a final say, I rely on a lot of other people to help. However, that process is I'm only a part of it. So to me, like we know who has final say. It's Bill. It's Bill. Somebody's got to have the final say. I rely on a lot of people to help. That's him saying he is the final say. And then he says, however that process is, I'm only a part of it. Okay, well, you're a big part. That, to me, is him setting up, it's not my fault. And I don't know who the fall guy is. If it's, it's probably be Matt Groh, maybe it's Elliot Wolf. I don't know. There's going to be a, whether Bill stays or leaves, there's going to be a fall guy here somewhere for the personnel issues. And, and let's, I, I know people aren't super thrilled with Matt Groh. I get that. Bill Belichick had the final say on all of it. And what he, he, he says it there, and then he kind of jumps back because he doesn't want Tyquan Thornton on his resume. He doesn't want Mac Jones on his resume. He doesn't want Nikhil Harry on his resume. You don't get to say you have the final say and then say you're a part of the process. Okay, you, you're a part of the process. You're the biggest part. You're the one ultimately saying yes or no. I guess that is technically a part, but I thought that kind of set up. I, I just said Bill set this whole thing up as if he's staying, right? That was the one point I looked at and it sounded like an exit strategy of Bill saying, yeah, you know, yeah, I was a part of it. Wasn't all me, even though he says there he kind of, he kind of alludes to the fact he has final say. He wants to know, and all the moves were not all on him. Yep, literally goes from I have I have final say to I rely on a lot of other people to help and right. part of that process. So that that was interesting, but I didn't necessarily you know read that and listen to that and just say oh you can bring in a GM and he's going to be completely hands off and coach the team and give up these personnel duties. It's still you know if that's kind of the strategy, whether you're giving grow more duties or you're bringing in someone like a Dave Ziegler or John Robinson, Bill's still going to be 
very hands-on in, in that department if, if he's here and that's something we've talked a lot like even if you bring someone in they're still going to have bill belichick in their shadow who you know these guys have all previously worked under bill belichick so he's still going to be there you know he's probably going to wear you down kind of throughout the year and still get his way and then even if they bring players in right like they draft the first round receiver then is coach bill belichick gonna just put him on the bench because he can't block right so that's still kind of a weird dynamic there and I don't know. I just, a lot of people were running with, oh, he's giving up personnel duties. He's going to coach the team and it's all going to be kind of sunshine and rainbows. That's not really how I interpreted that quote. Uh, I just want to jump in with this real quick. Somebody asked this when there is news about Belichick and either way, will there be emergency podcasts? Most likely. Yes. Uh, not, it, it's not going to be the minute of, right. We both have stuff yeah. to do for our respective jobs, but um you know, if it's Thursday morning, we'll just do the usual Thursday night show. But like, if it were to happen tomorrow morning, um, we, we'd probably do a podcast some point tomorrow. So just make sure you subscribe uh, to Patriots Press Pass channel because you'll be notified when that is and follow us on Twitter as well. I'll hide this. You can see our, our, our Twitter accounts down there in the window uh, at Real Alex Barth at I am Brian Hines. Uh, I meant to say it off the top of the show. When we do get news, unless it's, you know, just lines up with a regularly scheduled show and I... I you know, the last two co-hosts, Brian, I was never that lucky. Stuff would always break right after the show. With you, we've been lucky so far, knock on wood. Uh, but within 24 hours, we'll have a show. I, I would yeah. bank on that. Absolutely. I figured we'd log off for the night and we'll get a press release or something. within. So know, last year, the Thursday night yeah. show is me and Mike. Mike said if that happens, he wants to come on again. We'll see. Okay. It's always welcome. But, um, yeah, so we'll have something as you know as soon as possible when, whenever yeah. that news whenever that news breaks but uh we also heard yesterday that you know jeff howe came out last night and said bill and Kraft met yesterday as we expected they're going to meet again sometime this week and then he said josh mcdaniels could work his way back into the fold here as maybe bill's pitch as hey we're going to bring josh in it helped the offense, right? Help him get the offense back on track. He said, you know, Kraft's a big fan of, of Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels was in attendance uh, on Sunday, the last week of the season. So what, what were kind of your, your thoughts on potentially bringing Josh back? And then we had the report that maybe Scott Pioli could get his name back in the personnel duty. So like Bill's pitch kind of right now sounds like, hey, let's just yeah. bring the band back together. Let's get all these experience guys rehaul the staff that way and that's how we're going to kind of fix this thing so that that kind of worries me i'm not entirely opposed to josh mcdaniels coming back i think he is good with quarterbacks but you know mcdaniels pioli there was even some some whisper of brian flores right a couple weeks ago what worries me if you remember back when we talked about the herald article and about adrian clem that it sort of feels like they're just pig, pigeonholing coaches and to try to recreate what was already here instead of letting the coaches coach on their own. And I wonder if Bill's pitch to the crafts is essentially, you want the glory days again? Fine. We'll bring everybody back. We'll get the band back together. <clears throat> now you can get most of that band back together. There's one guy you're not getting. There's actually a couple guys you're not getting back on the coaching side. You're not getting Dante Skarnacki back. You're not getting Ivan Fears back. And obviously you're not getting Tom Brady back. Yep. So how far does that really go? as opposed to just being like, okay, we, it is time to move on. It is time to try things a different way. Start to build a new identity post Brady. 
So I, I'm not totally opposed to Josh McDaniels, but I just think a wholesale reset of bringing everybody back again isn't the answer either. On Pioli, I wonder what that conversation was. Because Ben Volan reported they talked. Pioli's been out of the league for five years. He's got a very cushy TV gig. There was a report for me in Rappaport heading into the Jets game that Robert Kraft was talking to a lot of people to basically get a feel for what he should do with Bill Belichick. I wonder if that was the conversation with Pioli. Not, will you come back, but what do you think we should do? Right, just kind of one time, let me pick your brain kind of thing. I just, I I still don't see it with Pioli. I, Dimitrov makes more sense. I could see John Robinson, but certainly not if you're hiring Mike Vrabel. Uh, that's the last thing you want. But... <laughs> Yeah, Pioli is a really interesting one to me. That that conversation could have been uh, a number of things. Yeah, because he was someone we talked about with these GMs that are familiar with Bill, but like it, it's tough to see him giving up that that TV job that he's obviously doing very well at, and that's a comfy job as you you hinted at there. So that that would be kind of a weird one, Josh. Josh, though, like it, it would. If this, if you're just adding Josh McDaniels to the staff, that's kind of a weird dynamic with him and and Bill O'Brien, like because O'Brien is offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So where is Josh fitting in there? If you have Drake May or Jaden Daniels at number three, like who is that? What's that like pecking order, right? Like who is he listening right. to? How is that working? And then. Like, is Josh just an assistant coach? And now you have Joe Judge and Josh McDaniels and all these assistant head coaches. Like, that just seems like it would be kind of a weird dynamic. Now, if you're talking, someone comes in and cleans out Bill O'Brien and his offensive staff, and then Josh McDaniels is the offensive coordinator, maybe that's the route. But that seems like kind of a weird dynamic to have all these guys who are, are good coaches, but, you know, they have – they're all former head coaches. They all called plays. Like that just seems like it'd be kind of a, a weird dynamic in there. Yeah. And it's, you know, is O'Brien back? Is he not back? It's, I don't entirely see what Josh McDaniels' role would be. Does he take a quarterback coach role? Cause it's not like he's behind somebody who's going to be gone in a year. Yeah. Right. O'Brien might not be, might not have that many head coaching opportunities either. So it's not like McDaniel's like, all right, I'll wait a year and then I'll be LC again and then it's all good. You know, where is the extension from that? So again, I, I'm not entirely opposed to the general concept of bringing him back, but you got to show me exactly what it looks like before I definitively say yes or no. Yeah, it'd be a weird kind of dynamic there. But I mean, the one coach I'm waiting for them to actually bring back from Vegas is Carmen Brasillo right now, like the old, right. old, old yeah. line coach. And he, if you're going to bring anybody back. Like that's the guy I've, I've been looking at because the Adrian Clem thing seems like it, it's nearing an end. Of course you hope, you know, he gets healthy, but then the, they'll probably have to figure that out uh, at, at some point after they make a head coaching decision. And, you know, Carmen Brasillo is like, he was very good in his time here. He, he's done great work in Vegas with that offensive line. He's still the Vegas O-line coach, but with that, you know, they're interviewing head coaches and GMs. He actually interviewed for uh, the New York Giants offensive line coach today. So they're letting him interview even for lateral jobs out there with question marks on their staff. So that that's the one guy, like, if you want to go out and get a former assistant, especially one of these Vegas guys, like, 
Carmen Brasillo would be the guy I, I'm eyeing for, not Josh McDaniels, but I yeah, because I again, if you're trying to replicate Skarnecchia, that's a guy that worked directly for Skarnecchia, not played for him 20 years ago. He's as <clears> close <throat> as you're going to get, and I'm not saying they have to do that, but if that's what they want, Brasillo is the best candidate. Yep, agree with you there. So maybe we'll maybe we'll get that. Hopefully, we'll get that at, at some point here. But yeah, uh, I mean, anything else from Bill that his press conference or believe we can get into Vrabel in a second here but I don't know was there anything else from Bill that kind of stood out to you uh that, that was pretty much it I think for Bill yeah. just uh yeah. you know he it, at the end it was funny if, if this is it for him him going out by complaining <laughs> that Phil Perry was asking follow-up questions what's going on what are we doing here that that was it's outstanding just, that was great that was classic it's the perfect way to go out for him perfect yeah way. but uh, we can jump to Mike Vrabel very quickly, but before we do that, let's hear from our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapping up, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, the app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet like Live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays. And more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1 888 789 7777, or visit ccpg.org/chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9 with it in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. All right, so the news of the day in the NFL world was the Titans surprisingly fired Mike Vrabel, who obviously has some connections and, and ties here. He's been reported as, you know, in, in the past few weeks as Robert Kraft's kind of home run hire if they do move on from Bill Belichick. So obviously a lot of ties, connections. This was a guy you were looking at even if he stayed in Tennessee. People were talking about a trade candidate, and now he, he's free available to sign he's still getting paid in, in tennessee so if this is the path they want it's it's kind of right there and easy for them to go to and and i'll say this to the people who <clears throat> want ben johnson 
I want Bobby Slowick. I'm not saying you're wrong, but all of the reporting, like it's not like it's most like a hundred percent. I don't think there's been anything on the contrary. A hundred percent of the reporting says the crafts want familiarity. They want a name they know. They want somebody they know. They want somebody they've worked with in the past. Mike Vrabel is as crazy as this sounds as outside of the organization, a hire as you're going to get. Remember, he never coached for Belichick. He never coached. Well, I, I guess he was a linebackers coach under Romeo Cornell, who was a, a defensive coordinator. But like, I don't even think he coached for anybody in Belichick's tree. So from everything we've well, heard. Bill O'Brien. Oh, O'Brien was the, yeah. you're right. That's my bad. I, I don't know why I thought that was after O'Brien. But he never coached for Belichick. He is outside of that purview. He never coached here. None of that. He is as far removed, and, and you might be rolling your eyes at that, saying, what are you talking about far removed? He was here. They gave him a red jacket, you know, three months ago. Yes. Doesn't mean it's not as far removed as you can get. If that's what you, like, and he's, he's it's going to look different. Who's his offensive coordinator going to be? Some of you are mentoring, mentioning Arthur Smith there in the chat. Arthur Smith is a, eh, not like Shanahan, more McVay, like McVay offense guy. More of like that West Coasty, right? West style. Coast. It's what they tried to run a couple of years ago, but they'd have a guy that has actually run it instead of a defensive coach trying to implement it. And Matt Patricia. Now, would he would he bring in Arthur Smith or would it still be O'Brien or, or McDaniel's? Like that's a question, right? But this is somebody who's been elsewhere and succeeded and succeeded his own way. Remember when they came here in the playoff and they beat the Patriots and there was that report that they were like. You know, you could hear them screaming down the halls and the Titans players after they won and all that. Like, that was not a Patriots team. And I don't mean that in a bad way or a good way. It's just different. Mike Frables is different as you're going to get. He's also a damn good football coach. Yeah. He's, he's you know, the Titans did not have the most talented roster. Took him to the playoffs three years in a row. They were the one seed one year. They went to the AFC championship game. He won a coach of the year. He's a He's a good football coach. And that matters. He's a leader of men. I think he's not afraid to go against the grain. He manages the game well, as most defensive coaches do. There's a lot to like there. So I'm I'm in on Vrabel. The one other thing, the one of the hottest GM candidates on the market, because yeah. everybody's talked about, all right, well, who do you make him to the GM with? Some people have brought up John Robinson because they were together in Tennessee. You don't do that. John Robinson trading A.J. Brown is a big part of the reason Mike Vrabel is no longer in Tennessee. Those two will not get along. Thomas Dimitrov, yeah, you know, people talk about him, Dave Ziegler. Alex Peters, the assistant general manager in San Francisco, is one of the hottest GM candidates on the market this year. Those two, it was reported on NFL Network like an hour ago, still have a relationship. From their time together, Peters was a scout in New England for two non-consecutive stints from like the early 2000s to the early 2010s. I think it's like 03 to 06 and then 08 to 11. Don't quote me on that, but it's about in that window that he was here. When it was when Vrabel was here as a player. Right. At least I think he was, he was here a little bit later too, but the point is they know each other. So if you have, if you have Peters and Vrabel, that's a pretty good start. That doesn't guarantee anything, but you have, a guy who's two years removed from winning coach of the year and the guy who was the right-hand man to building what is probably the best roster in the NFL top to bottom. I mean, I'd take that. Yeah, I'd absolutely take that. Now, 
there is the concern of a defensive coach and what that means for quarterback development, who's your OC. But again, whether it's Josh McDaniels, who's never going to get another head coaching job, Bill O'Brien, who's probably a couple years away, or even Arthur Smith, who's a couple years away, you're going to have some stability. You'd assume it's going to be one of those three. I can't imagine it'd be anybody else. It's going to be one of those three. Maybe, maybe McDaniels isn't getting head coaching job. The other two might again, eventually, but you're talking about two to three years. It gives you some stability for your, for your young quarterback. You're not talking about Bobby Slowick in Houston one year, one and done. Right. So if they're going to move on from Bill, look, I, I really like Gerard Mayo too. I think he brings a lot of the same characteristics. The difference is Vrabel's done this before. He knows not only has he done it, he's proven he can do it at a high level. And that's worth something. That's not me saying that Mayo would be a bad option. I think Gerard, like Gerard Mayo is high on my list as well. But the experience is certainly a factor. And yeah, I, I'm I'm in on it. If it's Mike Vrabel, I, I, I'd be in on that. The other thing I wonder, and I don't know how relevant this is, Adam because Adam Schefter reported this morning Vrabel is a tier one coaching candidate, whatever the hell that means. Let's say he doesn't get any head coaching offers. I love the idea of Mike Vrabel coming in as like a football czar, as a right-hand man of the coach, what Patricia was the year before he was the OC. And whether that's to Belichick, whether that's to Mayo, really I'd love it with Mayo. Now, I don't know why you'd if they'd hire Mayo over Vrabel or if it would just be Vrabel. And again, there's a ton of hypotheticals here that probably won't happen. That would be if like, like if we go back to that press release last year, like whatever yeah. they agreed on with Mayo, like if they feel like they kind of have to give him that job or if that would I, be like. I don't weird... think that's the case. Yeah. I don't believe that is the case, that there were any guarantees. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean nothing was said. But I don't believe that there were any guarantees given. That would that. be the just that would just be like the one thing that I feel like. Right. might keep them from hiring Vrabel over Mayo or, or one of the things like experience. But look, I, or, or, and I'm very high on Mike Vrabel. Uh, on, uh, I'm obviously high on Vrabel. I'm very high on Gerard Mayo. I am. Vrabel is, has a better resume. He's a more proven commodity. And I think this is a, whether you think it's right to move on from Belichick or not, it's a tremendous risk. Sometimes the right thing can be a risk and it's a tremendous risk, especially if Belichick goes elsewhere and starts winning because if you're the crass, then it's you, right? Brady left and won elsewhere and you stopped winning. And everybody said it was Bill. If Bill now leaves and starts winning, who's left? They want a proven commodity. They don't necessarily want somebody learning on the job. Now, maybe they feel Mayo's up to it. But Vrabel, you have that, you know, you can fall back on, hey, I've seen him take a team to the AFC Championship game. I've seen him win Coach of the Year. Like, he can, he can do it. I also think he would kind of love the opportunity to be the guy who comes after Belichick, right? Like be the guy who fills Belichick's shoes, just his whole personality and everything. And he would, he would be a really good fit at that. And I agree with you, like Mayo, I think would be a, a very good head coach, but from going to Bill to a first time head coach who, who he hasn't even called like defensive plays, right? Like that's Steve's job. That might be a big risk, a big jump for the craft. So they might look at the experience of Vrabel, that whole body of work, and really prefer that. And I think Vrabel, he's a great coach. He'd be a great fit in that role. I would want to know right off the bat, though, like who's the offensive coordinator? That's a big one. 
I'd ask him about the AJ Brown trade. I know it all looks like that was John Robinson based off the war room reaction and that whole video, but I want to hear how that whole thing went down. And then I want to know like, what's the role or what, what's the process here? Who are we going to bring in as a GM? Who are, are we going to get to pick players? Like those are my three kind of right. things I want to hear from Brable, but yeah, I, I think he'd be a, a really good fit. And I still think Mayo would be a really good fit if they want to go down one of those paths. But I think the experience of Rabel might kind of push him over the edge here. And then hopefully maybe he comes in and he says, you know, Gerard will give you the defensive coordinator title and, and he might take that. Maybe he wants to go elsewhere and explore other opportunities at that point. But that, that I think that would be a really good setup and, and a really good dynamic between those two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I see someone in the comments keeps asking about Eric Bieniemy. I mean, I'd, I'd love Eric Bieniemy as an offensive guy, but it just goes back to what you said at the start there. Like they want, they're not going to hire someone who has zero ties to this organization. And Bieniemy right. is one of those guys who just has no no connections here. So I, I think he's a, a very good coach. He'd give you that offensive mind that you could pair with a young a young quarterback, so you don't have to recycle through these offensive coordinators. But I just I just don't see that. I still think it's going to be someone with, with ties here to the organization. Yeah, same thing. It's just they're they're not looking at guys they're not familiar with. I think is uh, yeah, they're not looking at guys they're they're not familiar with. And and Bieniemy's never worked for him. They've had no interaction with him. Um, I, I'm not saying he shouldn't get a job. Honestly, if I'm Washington, I'm just promoting him. I'm mm-hmm. not letting him interview. I'm just making him the head coach. But yeah, I just I don't think the Patriots are going to look in that direction. Yep. Same same for Harbaugh. Like if they're going to really go outside, I think Harbaugh because he's such a proven commodity would be the guy. The thing about Harbaugh is he's a flight risk. He doesn't stay anywhere for an extended period of time. Even if he's had success, that scares the crap out of me that he's just going to leave you high and dry. There's also some baggage with him. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't touch Harbaugh. I, 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 there is upside there, but he's, uh, there's a lot about him that scares me. Yeah. As successful as he's been. Yeah. The whole, I know he's had success in the pros too, but the whole college coaches thing kind of always, always scares me too. That, that jump is, is weird at times. So yeah, I, I'm still, you know, Vrabel, Mayo, I think those are, are the top two guys here. If they do decide yeah. to move on from Bill, obviously yeah, we'll kind of see how that shakes out. But what do you think the the timeline is we're looking at here? Cause we've banged the table that this needs to move as quickly as possible. Cause you see, all these guys getting interviews. Adam Peters already has these GM interviews lined up, but could it drag out maybe if they know, oh, we're just elevating the guy already on our staff at Mayo, or maybe like they might know that we have Rabel if we want him. We just have to, you know, give him a wink and a you know handshake under the table, and then we can kind of right. drag this out. Maybe I still don't expect a trade of a bill, but do you think this could kind of drag it out if those are the two candidates and they know they have one of them in their back pocket? No, because you need to know what's coming and you still got to get in on a GM if you move on from Bill. I'll say this, just from what I've kind of, and I I really, this is super well kept. There's nothing definitive out there, but the one kind of theme you get a hint of is the Patriots aren't going to let anybody, whatever the decision is, nobody's beating the Patriots to making it public. Yeah. This is not, it, it doesn't feel like it's going to be something that Schefter or Rappaport or even any of the local guys get. It is it, when the time comes for the decision to be known, the Patriots will make it known. 
that is that is kind of what I've it fe- that feels like a trend through all the different things that we've heard. And, and there's a lot of different things floating around right now. Um, my hypothetical timeline at the beginning of this, and this is no inside information. This is just me speculating, just knowing how kind of business is run. Meet on Monday. Meet again on Tuesday morning. Tuesday to deliberate. Wednesday to make a decision to figure out and figure out messaging. And then either Wednesday night or Thursday morning. That was kind of my guess. Was Because once the decisions, they were going to meet. So they met yesterday and today, right? Sleep on it. Tomorrow's the day you make your decision and figure out how you want to go about it. And then that gives you Thursday putting it out there. That doesn't mean that's definitely going to happen. Maybe it takes an extra day. Maybe it's Friday. Maybe it does bleed into next Monday. I, I think they have to know by like next, next Monday is the latest. Like, you know, whatever it is, five days from now, six days from now. You got to know by then because at that point you got to start getting ready for the offseason and the senior bowl and, and, and free agency and all that. Um, I do think we're probably closer to hearing than not just based on that timeline. But, you know, it could be another 48 hours and that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I, I It does feel like, though, because there was that nightmare, nightmare for us who cover it, where they're just going to keep Bill, decide they're keeping Bill, and, and he's just going to show up at Senior Bowl and he's just there on their behalf. There's and that's that we're done. <laughs> I, I do think there's going to be some sort of something, whatever it is. And maybe it's just a statement like last year. Maybe it's a full on press conference. Maybe it's a video. I don't know. Uh, but it does feel like one way or the other, we will be informed of the decision when it's made. It's just a matter of when and how that is. Yeah. The, f- the fact that Bill, you know, after the game even and or on Monday, like he, he never says he's going to sit down with Robert at the end of the year. Like the fact that he addressed his future could be a question mark. I think they're going to uh, acknowledge it somehow if he does stay. Obviously, they have to say something if he leaves. But I, I think we'll hear something hopefully over the next two days. Again, that press release last year with Mayo and the offensive coordinator came Thursday night. So that was the timeline for that. We'll see. Maybe they follow something similar uh, on this one. But yeah, hopefully the next 48 hours we'll, we'll hear something. We should get some something from the team yeah. that should come from the team, some statements. So uh, that's kind of the clock, I, I guess, for that one. But uh, any other things you had on Mayo or Adam Peters or any of those guys or anything else from the coaching circus from the last two days that, that we didn't hit on? I, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Harbaugh. I do wonder, just because he's a little bit younger, and we've heard interest in Belichick to varying levels. The The commanders are both very interested, not interested at all. Uh, the Panthers are interested, but not really. The Raiders are interested, but that makes no sense. Uh, you know, we're now here in the Falcons is pretty heavy on the Falcons saying that that's a possibility. Would Bill go to Atlanta? That's another question. You figure if Bill Belichick's available, he's the top name available. I do wonder if like the Harbaugh time timeline will make it interesting too. Cause if Bill knows he's out, he's going to push for the crafts to make that public as quickly as possible. So he can do what he needs to do. And does Harbaugh announce something this week? Cause I got to tell you the, the way he, I know he said something last night about going back the way he, he handled. Like, he said like they are pushing spring ball back or something. Like he was planning his schedule or something. I don't know. It was weird. Well, yeah. Cause in the NFL spring ball starts later and it doesn't college. He's yeah. handled the last two weeks. Like somebody who's not going to be back. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I um, it's going to be interesting. Just the whole cycle. I, I don't know how much that will ultimately relate to the Patriots, but the whole coaching cycle, <clears throat> if Harbaugh gets injected into this, what is a, a very um, – uh, this is a pretty crazy coaching cycle as far as coaching cycles go. If Harbaugh is injected into it, that would be very interesting. Yeah, I agree. One more before we switch topics here from the chat. Yeah. To you, would you rather have – if it is Vrabel as head coach, would you rather have McDaniels or keep O'Brien? I'll, I'll give Arthur Smith as a your third choice. There. Mm. Who's the quarterback? If they're yeah. sticking with Mac, give me Josh McDaniels. If it's Jane Daniels – probably O'Brien just because I think you can run some of that stuff you ran in Houston. Um, I even probably, you know, I think, yeah, it's tough. No That's Arthur tough. Smith love. Um, maybe I, I don't know. I, I still don't, I, I just don't think they're going to push O'Brien out. And it's one thing to have O'Brien and McDaniels together. I don't see the path. I shouldn't say I don't see the path. I mean, the path is you get rid of O'Brien, you don't hire McDaniels. But yeah, you're like I, I, I take. Uh, he made it work with. Um, not you know, he butchered it Atlanta this year. He really yeah. butchered. It. That's been, like <laughs> if they were to get like a Baker Mayfield or somebody, then maybe maybe Arthur's. I'm not totally opposed because he never really had a shot in Atlanta. Like they never actually invested in a quarterback. You know, like Desmond Ritter was a fine flyer prospect, but he was never somebody you thought was going to get to that level. And Taylor Heineke is what he is. He's a high-level backup. He's, you know, Bailey Zappi kind. So maybe if you give him a real quarterback prospect, he can make something out of that. But, yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, what do you want? Who do you want your quarterback to be? What kind of offense do you want your quarterback running? And and that, I, I don't mean to give such a wishy-washy answer, but yeah. – Tell me what kind of quarterback. Tell me who your quarterback is. Tell me what kind of offense you want to run. And I think that answers the question. It's not a definitive yes. I definitely want one of the three, no matter what. Yeah. Well, Arthur Smith is free too. I, I just that's something I've never cared about, but it is just funny how all these coaches we're talking about are. Well, they're all free. They're, McDaniel's who, yeah, is free. Who continue Smith is free. to be? Rabel's yeah, free. Who continue to be guys who are fired and you don't have to pay just like Patricia and Joe judge were, it's just kind of a, a funny reoccurring theme there. But, um, do you, if it was O'Brien, do you think that would be weird at all? Cause you know, he used to be Vrabel's boss when Vrabel was a DC and a linebackers coach. O'Brien was a head coach in Houston. Do you think that would be weird at all? Uh, if, it was kind of reversed and then Vrabel was the head coach and O'Brien. Yeah, it could be. I feel like that's happened before. I can't think of an example, but I, I, I do feel like I've seen it. It comes down to, you know, I go back to that Herald story. Are they going to be able to coexist? I think they're both great football minds. If they get along, I think it's a really logical pairing, but if they can't coexist, would I bump Bill O'Brien out of the building to make Mike Vrabel a head coach? Absolutely. And then that's where Arthur Smith or Josh McDaniels come in. Yeah. Right. So, if they can get along, I guess you try it. If they can't get along, I wouldn't not hire Mike Vrabel just because, you know, I want to keep Bill yeah. O'Brien. And yeah. I would say the same about Gerard Mayo. If if Gerard and Bill O'Brien don't get along, there's been some rumors of that. Or some, I shouldn't say rumor, speculation on that. Some people thought that, you know, O'Brien may have been the source for the Greg Bedard report. I, I, Bill O'Brien, I, I respect Bill O'Brien, I do. He didn't show me anything this year that, like, he can't, if it was really that, you can't afford to lose him. <clears throat> You make him the head coach. 
and that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So if, if it's what it takes to make Mayo the head coach or to make Vrabel the head coach, yeah, I'd move on from Bill O'Brien. Yep. So that's about the recap from the last two days of a crazy head coaching circus. Again, we are still on Belichick watch, so we will keep our eyes and ears out for them. For that news, we will come on here again ASAP once uh, that news is, is determined to, to talk about that. But we can move on to the actual football game that happened on Sunday and the ramifications from that. But before we do that, speaking of all these jobs that are available, that these coaches are looking for, we can hear from LinkedIn. This show is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. You can check out LinkedIn Jobs. Again, over a billion qualified candidates and they'll help you find the right person for your team like that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in deserving quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat, B-E-A-T, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Actually, speaking of, of hiring and jobs, this actually has nothing to do with the Patriots. I just feels appropriate to share here. Did you see the job posting uh, Top Golf put up today? I uh, did not. No. So Top Golf is hiring. It's just story time right now because it's again, you know, this is this is what some companies have to do to hire, and and you know maybe Top Golf should use LinkedIn.com/slash Bean for this one. Uh, they're hiring a. Uh, global head of golf footwear and apparel here are the qualifications they're asking for 27 years of industry experience in footwear and apparel 27 27 <laughs> must have started golfing before the age of five must have shot a 48 for nine holes at age three must have played at least 373 events with no less than 82 tour victories must have won the <laughs> varden trophy no less than nine times you see where, where this is going uh, must have won at least four major tournaments in a row. Preferred runner-up no less than 31 times. Uh, finished first in at least 15 major tournaments. Location, Jupiter, Florida. Preferred but flexible. Education, Stanford. Preferred. Um, if you know, it, it, the joke is Tiger Woods split with Nike and, yeah. and is going to start. You know, he every, he's, he's got to get his next apparel deal. So that that's all stuff that describes Tiger Woods. So That's good. Um, I didn't see that one. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be that hard. If you visit LinkedIn.com slash B. Yeah. Hopefully the uh, Patriots application isn't as detailed. Uh, <laughs> you okay. don't need to be play, that. Play linebacker, play linebacker from <laughs> 2000 to 2011. One Patriots Hall of Fame Bowls. member. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> only defensive player to catch touchdowns in multiple Super Bowls, right? Actually, it could literally just be Patriots linebacker, and that, that could be it. Well, I'm telling you, how about the world where you have – Mike Vrabel is your head coach. Gerard Mayo stays at DC. 
Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower have both talked about they want to get into coaching. There's your linebackers coaches. Just build build the whole thing out of linebackers. Why bring not? All back. Bring all the linebackers back. Might as well. Right. Might as well. Uh, all right. But there was a football game Sunday. The Patriots lost the last game of the season to the New York Jets, 17-3. to uh, in a snowy, slushy, just ugly game. Uh, but positives with the loss, they clinched the number three pick in the draft. So that is where they will be picking. We have four months of draft talk that we will be getting into here shortly. And I mean, number three pick, is this, it's the highest since what, Bledsoe, Willie? Um, yeah, I think since Bledsoe. So do you have any. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the game or anything you want to get into, but uh, we can talk about the pick and the national well, championship game last night if you want to go that route. Yeah, it was, it was nice to finally cover a snow game. Patriots haven't picked third since 1966. Um, uh, sorry, they picked McGinnis in 1994, which was fourth the year before they picked Bledsoe first. So uh, okay. their previous highest pick this century was Richard Seymour, who they took sixth in 2001. So. Um been 20 years in a minute yeah um, <laughs> cool to cover snow game uh you know i think we we just kind of saw where the flaws are you know the offensive line not good enough the quarterback position not good enough they seem done with mac jones him being made inactive i think sent a clear message they need more wide receiver help it was another lazy game from Devonte parker tyquan thornton can't play because he's hurt uh i i think that was if if i could describe that game in one way if they had any doubt about all the stuff we've talked about heading into the offseason, the game hammered home every single point that they knew to address in the offseason. Like, you know, sometimes maybe the last game of the year goes well and you get, you think, oh, you know, maybe we're, maybe we're closer than, than we thought. No, okay, here we go. Like, you know, some things are starting to click. There was none of that. There was none of that. Everything that we've hammered, the line, the quarterback, the receivers, the penalty issues, the special teams issues, you saw it all. They 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 died the way they lived. The 2023 Patriots. Uh, they went out the way they spent the whole year. Yep, it encapsulated the whole season. That that one right. game from Bailey Zappi throwing two interceptions on one drive to receivers just not getting open to the left tackle spot being a turnstile. That was just how it's been all year, and you saw it there. Even though the conditions were bad, I get it, but it, it just it was the whole season summed up into one game. So. They do have that number three pick. You're probably thinking early quarterback if, you know, maybe Williams or May falls, maybe Jaden Daniels shoots up here, but doesn't look like it'll be Michael Penix at that spot after, you know, he had a rough national championship last night uh, against Michigan, who took home, who are the national champions yeah. now. So I'm sorry. I know that must have hurt you watching Penix last night, but uh, what you think? Yeah, it was, was a bummer. Um I, a lot of people, you know, kind of clearly only watch one game. I think a lot of people heard the hype about Penix and decided to turn that game on and have never uh, never watched him besides that. Uh, here's what I'll say. I think he set the ceiling against Texas. And I said, I said after the Texas game, that was a great performance. Can he do it against a better defense in Michigan? That's the big question. He couldn't. He set the ceiling against Texas. He set the floor against uh, uh, Michigan. In reality, and what the rest of the tape shows from the regular season, he's somewhere in between. He's somewhere in between, and it's going to come down to player development, what you put around him. Pressure's an issue with him, and a lot of people point to that, and that's not wrong. 
it is something he needs to work on. But also you hope when you draft a guy, you get him protected better than he was protected last night because that offensive line, you think Penix's draft stock took a hit? Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of, of, of Washington's right tackle, but Brian, did you see, there were plays he wasn't getting out of his stance. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There, there were plays where it was where, bad. Where the, it was bad. <laughs> uh, the, the rusher and I'm, uh, is uh, uh, Rosengarten, Roger Rosengarten. The rusher is around the corner before he stands up. So that's not to excuse Penix. It, it was a bad game. The accurate missing some of those open throws. Like he can't be doing that accuracy. Deep ball accuracy is a carrying trait for him. And he didn't show it last night. And that wasn't good. He got banged up a couple times. Like, And he stayed in the game. So credit to him. But like, that's not what teams want to see. I I still think he's QB4. You know, yeah. It, I, I think if he'd had another game like he had against Michigan, you're talking about a top 10 pick. He didn't. I still think he's a first round pick. It's probably more likely in the 20s now than maybe higher up. But I still think he's a better option than Bo Nix. I still think he's a better option than J.J. McCarthy. Uh, I... I Quinn Ewers, I don't know. We got to see if Quinn Ewers comes out, first and foremost. When I say Penix is QB4, I'm going on the reporting that Ewers is going back to school. Ewers comes out, I'd really have to think about that one, honestly, because uh, that's a real floor-ceiling thing. But I, I thought, again, he set the floor, he set the ceiling. Watch all the games. Don't just watch last night. Everybody trying to take their victory lap on me. Like, I say this all the time. The pre-draft process is a process. You... As new information is added, you adjust. I hadn't seen that game before last night. Now I have. I had said I wanted to see what he did against Michigan, which, by the way, let's also give some credit. Michigan's defense, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And Mike Sanders still, Everett High grad, Patriot. Patriot, Patriot. Yeah. go get me that guy early on day three, please. Would be a great fit. And I'll take any of those Michigan offensive linemen, too. And, and the way they were going, and they had Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards going. Blake Corm, another guy I'd love to see here. We can get into that a little bit. But just to finish up on Penix, face a great defense, didn't play well. We learned something. We adjust the projection. It's a process. It's what we do. If if that's the only game, you, game you've watched, I'd encourage you to go back and watch him against, like, or he played Oregon twice. Oregon has a great defense. Not Michigan, but a great defense. Got to go, like, don't just base it all off one game. That's not how any of this works. So he did not have a good game last night. I, I say that. That did not help his draft stock. It hurt it. And it's going to give more credence to the people who talk about age and injuries because they're going to say he got banged up on that game. He looks further away than maybe people think. He doesn't have as much time to develop. But ultimately, I think a lot of teams like to look at ceiling rather than floor. The ceiling is still real, whether he's – as close to that ceiling as we thought, I think is what's what you reevaluate. But the ceiling is still real. I think teams will look at the ceiling and a chance to have a fifth year of control. And he finds that somebody ends up taking him in the first round. I would not touch him at three. And by the way, I wouldn't have taken him at three before last night. Yeah. I still had Daniels and May ahead of him. But now you're talking about there's a run. Uh, let me pull this up here. So, you look at the draft, pick one's going to be a, one of the first two picks is going to be a quarterback, possibly two, right? It's, it's the Chicago trade down one with Washington and take MHJ second or not. Patriots are going to take a quarterback. So you're looking at two or three quarterbacks off the board with the first five picks, Arizona and the chargers are sticking with, with their guys. The giants may or may not be a quarterback team, but you then have, so this is seven through 14. So this is a span of eight picks. 
Tennessee, Atlanta, Chicago, the Jets, Minnesota, Denver, Vegas, New Orleans. Outside of Chicago, those are all quarterback teams. Again, Tennessee, especially now that Vrabel's gone, that they're going to get a reset on that. Will Levis is not the guy. Atlanta, definitely quarterback team. Jets, quarterback. They should be a quarterback team. They might not be because they don't want to piss off Rodgers, but should be. Minnesota, quarterback team. Denver, absolutely a quarterback team. Vegas, quarterback team. New Orleans, should be. Whether or not they recognize it, but they should be. So if May... Even, even after that, like Seattle should be a quarterback right. team. So if May, Williams, and Daniels, the three of those guys go in the top five, which I don't think is unrealistic, even if it's one or two of those teams trading up, all eight of those teams are going to go without taking a quarterback. I just don't see it. And Penix is the logical next guy. Penix is still, I think, the fourth guy. So I, you know, maybe he he kind of teeters a little more towards the 20s. You mentioned Seattle. They're at 16. Um Maybe Pittsburgh, wherever they end up, that'll be somewhere in the high 20s, you know, 2021, 22. They should be a quarterback team. I think it's pretty clear what Kenny Pickett is at this point. But, yeah, I there's no way every single one of those teams passes on a quarterback. I just don't see it. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's still QB4. I think it's a, a pretty good gap between yeah. two and three. But again, it only takes one of those teams to say, hey, we need a quarterback and we really like Michael Penix. We have him rated so high on our board that we're going to pick him here right. in the first round. And, you know, they go back and they watch all those those good games and those good performances right. against Oregon. I get like the thing that worried me about Last night, I know it was only one game, but it was, you know, you they you saw them, Michigan, take advantage of his weaknesses, which was like throwing over the middle of the field under pressure, and he continued to struggle with that, some of those accuracy issues that you talked about downfield. So 